Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Inner Bloom. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And we are so excited today to be joined by our new friend, Micah Maffey, Throat Liberation Witch and Channeler. Hi, Micah. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> how are you? You. We were talking offline about how you and Ambie are like kind of matching with your hair right now. Yeah, Got we that. have the same similar hair colors. Mm-hmm. Yes. We both have purple. Mine's washing out. I did this really cute thing. Okay, so I wasn't allowed to dye my hair when I was younger. So, like, I'm a little late to the party. Me too. And uh, I used fucking splat in my hair. (laughs) Oh, my God. Splat? That's everybody's reaction. I didn't know. I didn't didn't know. I was like, this is a cool color. I'm going to put that in my hair. Yeah, Uh, that makes sense. But, Do you have finger tattoos? I do. What do you think about them? I've heard mixed reviews about them. Honestly, I feel like that. Okay, so these ones were done by a machine, Ooh. like the the little Earth element symbol, which yeah. is like the Wicca symbol for like. Yeah. Oh, you guys want to know something fucked up? Yeah, I do. <laughs> sure. Hold on. Okay, so I got this fucking tattoo on my finger because I'm like, I got this little like, um, this little like oil spell bottle thing that I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it's like, it's like wealth oil. It's like wealth oil that you okay, like okay. anoint candles with and like anoint yeah. yourself mm-hmm. with and like, oh, yes. let me attract money. Okay. So I got this thing. It has this symbol on it. So I'm like, let me get this tattooed on my finger. Yeah. Okay. So I went into the photo shoot and literally the picture, like, this finger from this finger all the way up my arm was like invisible in the what? it was so That's creepy so i was like i was like hold on <laughs> uh, how do you interpret That's something crazy. like that yeah it was weird and and literally like a couple weeks after i got it I ended up getting pregnant. It's also the symbol for fertility. I didn't know. Oh, I'm not getting that one. Not getting that. Don't do it. Don't do it. The power of symbols. That's an upsetting day. Or a happy day, depending upon how you look at that. Yeah. For me, it was an upsetting day. For me, it like wasn't a thing. I made my choice. It's a whole thing. You can hear about that. For me, it would be too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was a whole thing. Um, But yeah. Wow. Well, I think your finger tattoos look really awesome. Usually when yeah. I see people's finger tattoos, they look like like faded and like blown out. 
That's what I've heard that they blow out or they fade really easily. So that's kind of why I've been on the fence about it. Mm-hmm. No, do it. I'm like a year deep right now with these. Oh, okay. they look great. They look great. Yeah, they look yeah. good. Mike, thank you. Micah, since it's your first time on the show, we would love if you would tell everyone just a little bit more about you, just about your background, about kind of your story and your path of how you got to be doing, how you got to be the throat liberation witch that you are now. Yeah. Okay. I'm so excited. I love talking about this shit. Okay. Is it okay if I cuss on here? Yes, it is. We encourage it. Yeah, we... Awesome. We like it. Okay. It's a big part of my vocabulary. Uh, It's also (laughs) part of the... That's part of the throat liberation, right? Yes. Yes. I was like, it's actually kind of part of it. So it's exciting. (laughs) Okay. So hello, everybody. My name is Micah Maffey. I do go by the Throat Liberation Witch. I am also, I host a podcast called The Deprogramming Project, and it is all about deprogramming really from the societal bullshit. So um, anything that like I'm personally not like qualified or it's not my place to speak on, I have people come and speak on. And we just do a lot of talking about like social issues. We talk about business, entrepreneurship, money, spirituality, healing, like all these like super cool vibes. Um, and it's a really awesome, it's a really, really like awesome little space. Um, I'm also like a certified spiritual coach, spirituality life coach. Um, so that's like spiritual life coach is just kind of like life coaching, but like make it spiritual. And then like spirituality coaching is like walking people through their spiritual awakening. Um, I'm a Reiki master, NLP master. What else? I'm super trauma informed. I've done a lot of, a lot of studying and a lot of working with that. Um, I also read tarot. I'm a claircognizant psychic. So I have all these like, woo, all these like crazy things, crazy certifications, gifts, right? But okay. <laughs> I was raised. <laughs> okay. So like, I tell you, I tell you all this because I was raised in an incredibly, incredibly conservative Christian home. And my dad was a pastor <laughs> and my mom was, um, she like, she was like a teacher, but she homeschooled us. So for like the first 10, 11 years of my life, I lived in Los Angeles. Woo-hoo, shout out LA. Still, still my home. Um, and I grew up with just like, you know, all my siblings, my mom, my dad, my dad was super abusive, alcoholic, lots of crazy stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, and I kind of developed this role in my family of like the mediator. Mm -hmm. So I was the one that was like, Hmm, I'm just going to be this like very neutral party. Okay. And I also was just really like, I think I've lived like a million lifetimes before this. Cause I was just like, so chill, like no matter what was happening, even like when the craziest shit was going down, I would just kind of be sitting there like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what we're doing now. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and my mom said she used to be kind of worried about me. Cause she'd be like, do you want to go like play with the other kids? And I'd be like, no, I'm good here. Just like sitting and like picking grass. Like literally like I have always just been overly chill. Just, okay. All right. That's cool. We're going to do that. Um, so keep, keep moving forward. My parents ended up getting divorced. Thankfully there's this like whole huge, like blowout with the church we're going to all this stuff is happening. Like all this stuff, stuff comes out about my dad and they start to learn all the truth. And then, you know, we're like going and staying at people's houses and all this stuff is happening. And then my mom calls us all, calls us all in the living room today. And she's like, all right, we're moving to Alaska. I'm like, bitch, we're moving where? <laughs> 
Damn. That's like, a change. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Like, Why did like, she pick Alaska? Okay. So that's where she's from. So my mom okay. grew up in like Juneau and then in like Palmer, which is where I moved to Palmer. Um, and that's where her mom lives. So she's like trying to make it sound like, you know how parents do, like, they're like trying to make it sound fun. They're like, yeah, yeah like we're going to go. And I'm like, not buying it. I'm like, mm-hmm. not down. She, she's also like, you know, you got to go to public school and like, you got to get rid of your dog and all this shit. So mm-hmm. I'm like really sad. And like, I was like terrified to go to public school. Cause I was like homeschooled at this point. The only people I knew were like other Christian children yeah okay so and like i'm talking like in this house that i grew up in there was like dead ass like the books of the bible like pasted on the wall had to memorize the books of the bible and all the songs and memorize all the verses and like it was just it was it like i recount these stories to people and i'm like that's so not okay like that's not okay like i'm all for people you know, your own religion, your own practices, like that's super cool. I'm super down for it. But like indoctrination and like being part of a religion are two very different things. So you can have your religion, you can have your beliefs, you can have what resonates with you. That's fine. As long as it doesn't like impose on other people's free will and their choice to choose what they believe. But it's honestly really infuriating to grow up. And I know there's a lot of people that feel this way that grew up in religions that don't resonate with them. Now it's infuriating to grow up indoctrinated with beliefs that you don't believe because as y'all know, like y'all are probably y'all are both coaches. Yeah. 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 Right. Your beliefs are like something that you have to go through years and years and years to rewire. And so when you grow up and you're like hand packaged, these beliefs that Mm -hmm. suck that you don't want it's so, it's so infuriating. So I touched on that just to validate that for people. Cause I know that that's like a very common experience. And I, I kind of very, I very rarely, I feel like hear that like specifically like religious indoctrination talked about in the coaching industry, which is why I talk about it so much because it's very, very essential. It shows up in every aspect of your life, in your relationships, in your client relationships, in your business, in your business relationships, in your everything that you do, right? There's so many things that religious programming does. Um, and you know, it shows up with a lot of shame and it shows up with a lot of guilt and like fear. And like, it's, it's kind of like this fear of like, it's a displaced fear. It's not a fear you can place on like, Oh, I'm scared of this. It's just like this constant fear. And so there's, it's so deep and it does make it more difficult to kind of move into a space where you're doing something that's out of the norm of society. Because anytime you're doing something out of the norm of society, you're going to feel like you're doing something wrong anyways. Mm -hmm. But when you're indoctrinated with the beliefs to really be forced to be a part of something, it's like, fuck dude. It's so hard. Um, so hard. So I just want to validate that. We, Ambie and I talk about that a lot because almost all of our clients have religious trauma and especially as they're like starting to develop their intuitive gifts the the whole thing about like I'm going to hell like or you know it it comes up a lot so I we totally know what you're talking about absolutely I'm so like I respect the fuck out of that for you guys because that's huge like that like that fear of like oh what if I go to hell or like it, there's also, I think this like really, I'd love to know if this is something your clients deal with too, like this really intense fear of like alienation and like isolation. Cause that's threatened yeah. so often it's yeah. like, 
oh, if you don't do this, then like, we're going to like not fuck with you anymore. And like that, what the fuck? That's horrible. Well, that, that equates to like non, not being able to survive. Right. Because when we're children, we need our caregivers, no matter how fucked up they are to survive. And if they leave us, then it gets even bigger and bigger when you talk about like um, cult mentality, when you talk about like any kind of isolation from the community, it absolutely is definitely a fear. And then that goes into a fear of abandonment and wanting to fit in rather than like being your own unique individual, because then even just watching someone else be isolated from the community can be Mm -hmm. traumatic. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, well, they went through that. I don't want to go through that. Fuck that. That looks hard. So, I mean, that's, I think a lot of people can relate to that or any kind of marginalized group can relate to that. Oh, yeah. I Just real quick on Facebook, Judy Armstrong said, I totally agree. And the fact that my beliefs are considered devil work sickens me so much. My brother is a mm-hmm. pastor and he's always telling me he is praying for me. It's super sad. <gasps> okay. Can we touch on that real quick? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so that it's it's very interesting. This is something that's actually currently a very interesting experience I've been having as well. So I started stripping recently because it's been like one of my dreams forever. Like I oh, one of my things I've always wanted to do, and a part of throat liberation, right? So, yes. um, I started stripping recently. I'm also queer, so I'm pansexual. Um, I use she they pronouns. Um, And I recently had a phone conversation with my mom where I told her (laughs) that I was a stripper, (laughs) that I was queer, that I was a witch. (laughs) Triple whammy for her. I was like, I'm just going to drop all. Tell her about the purple hair too. (laughs) I have tattoos and purple hair, mom. There's no saving me. Literally. That was like the lead up. Cause I like, this actually kind of ties into like my story. So I, uh, I grew up in that like super Christian home, right? We moved to Alaska. I like start kind of coming into my gifts already at a really young age, which is like my throat chakra is like popping. Like she's out there. I went and got a sound healing the other day. And, and the, uh, my friend that was doing my sound healing was like, you need to start using your throat chakra less. Your gifts aren't going away, honey. <laughs> you, you never hear talking. that. <laughs> You're the she's one like, person. It's overwhelming everything. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. She's like, it's overwhelming everything else. You need to stop talking. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, so then, uh, you know, I was, I was like bullied a lot when I was younger. Cause like, I was like a homeschooled, like Christian kid. Like I didn't know. I didn't know, like, I didn't know how to exist in society. Like, <laughs> like nobody told me. Um, so, you know, I was like bullied a lot, middle school, then I get to high school and I like start swimming again, which is like my, I don't know. That was like my thing when I was like little, I was like a swimmer for like 10 years. And so I started swimming again and I like kind of find like my people kind of find my vibe. And then I graduated high school early cause I hated Alaska. And then I moved to uh, Los Angeles to live with my dad again because he convinced me that it was a good idea, which it wasn't. Um, and, but this was in 2016, 2015, 2016. So this is like um, during the election. So mm-hmm. my mom never let me watch TV. So I didn't, I didn't really like watch a lot of TV growing up or anything. So I moved in with my dad. He watches TV all the time. I start watching the news. 
And I hear this man, everybody knows who I'm talking about. Ah, I hear this man start talking and I'm like, and like my dad, like fucks with this dude. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, are you hear what he's saying? I'm like, wait, like, and so this is when I really started to be like, oh, there's something really wrong here. I was like 17. I was like, oh, there's something wrong, like with the way that our family is. So my mom, like to kind of wrap this up, my mom's had a lot of practice because at first before, you know, I was like, oh, I'm a queer stripper, witch. I was like a Democrat. And then I was like a vegan. <laughs> right. And then I like started smoking weed. And yeah. so I dropped a lot of bombs on her throughout the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. years. <laughs> Getting her warmed up for this. Warmed up. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I do not know what the next one's going to be. Holy shit. I'm a unicorn. (laughs) Literally. uh, I just like start like ascending. Like I just start glowing and like levitating. You just start (laughs) levitating everywhere. Mm. Yeah. They think you're really the devil then. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like she doesn't even walk anymore. She just levitates around. Oh my God. Um, so, so yeah, I had that conversation with her the other day and that was one of the things that I, I touched on as a boundary was like, look, like I'm not here to control somebody else's spirituality, but like, you're not allowed to look at my stuff. Like you're not allowed to look at my work. If like the energy you're going to be putting towards it is like praying that like somebody comes and saves this like queer whore, like mm-hmm. literally said that word for her to her because, because the thing is, is like a lot of folks who practice religion are like, um, oh, I love you. It's like, it's like love the sinner, hate the sin, quote unquote, yeah. when mm. they see a sin. But like what you see as sin is who I am. So you yeah. cannot love me if you do not love what I do and who I am. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, and that's something that's been really, really like present present lately. So when, when that person said that, like, I just want to like, kind of reflect back to you that like, you know, even the people that we love the most, like when you're, when you're the cycle breaker, you're the cycle breaker. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) it. You know, it's when it's your job, it's your job. When it's who you are, it's who you are. And nobody's going to understand it. Your family's going to talk shit about you. People are going to think you're weird or whatever. And really this is where that throat liberation really where what I, what I say um, to a lot of my clients is like, are like kind of like the, I guess, motto is don't convince embody. It is not your job to convince people that you're correct. It is not Mm -hmm. your job to convince people that your work is valid. It is not your job to convince people that your identity is valid or who you are is valid. Your job is to be yourself and to love yourself so deeply that, 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 that energy is not fuck with a goal. So when somebody comes to you and they really want to tell you that you're a fucking sinner and that you're yeah. evil, it's funny. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> and that, that is, yeah, that's, that's a big, that's a powerful. big, big piece. Thank you. Did you like that's something like that is a very oh everybody's like giving hearts and loves online. Sammy oh. Jean said, "Oh my god, I love this." Um yeah, that is a very powerful thing because I think that is like one of the things I always struggle with with like you said it so perfectly, right? It's it's not your job to 
it's your job to be the thing you came here to be. And it's it's really, I feel like what you're saying is it's really about accepting that that's who you are and allowing yourself to be that rather than feeling that it's your job to make it okay for anyone else, right? Because that's what convincing is, right? It's saying like, just mm-hmm. look, like believe it or, or, or be okay with it. But it's like people aren't going to be okay with it. People are on their own journey. There's some people that are not ever going to get it, you know? And I think what you said, what did, can you say it again? What did you say exactly? It's not your, your phrase. Yeah. Like don't convince embody. It's not your job to convince people of anything. Don't convince embody. Like just. Because that's what they're trying to do to you. Right. That's what they're trying to convince you that their way is correct. And Mm -hmm. really what it is, is letting go of expectations that you have for how somebody else fucking lives their life. Like what, why does one way feel better than the other way. Like that doesn't even make sense. Your life doesn't affect me. So why would I try to convince you that my life is more valid or more correct than yours? Right. And I, I, I feel like in the spiritual community with uh, the vaccine and with different aspects, we've really gotten into that dogma of, well, I know more than you do because I blah, 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 blah. Like, no, you're you're talking about the same bullshit that organized religion is. We're just putting a spiritual label on it and saying we're better than. No, we're not. We're saying the same shit, just a different way. Drink your tea, girl. (laughs) I'm kidding. I literally had to sit for that because that is literally like a huge fucking problem in the spiritual community. They're like, they're like, yeah. Be spiritual, be spiritual. But also we're going to use our religious trauma because many of us have come from religions. We're gonna use our religious trauma to still be pushing the same energy. It's it's so much less about the words people are saying and so much more, more about the intention and the energy behind it. Like, absolutely, it's crazy. And you do like, you see these patterns repeated. It's the patterns, you know, like a lot of people try to change the words and like the behaviors and all that, all that stuff. But it's like these subconscious patterns are not something that you can just affirm away. It takes yes. toxic positivity. To, exactly. Toxic positivity. And I think a big thing too is like letting yourself be surrounded by people who are going to call you the fuck out and who are going to be like, no, that's not okay. Like, why are you saying stuff like that? Or like, like literally like have your friends be people that love you so much that they're going to tell you when you're wrong. They're going to tell you when you're being ignorant. They're going to tell you when you need to work on something. They're going to tell you when something bothers you. If you're just surrounded by a bunch of like, yes, women or like, yes, Mm -hmm. men or like, yes, people. Right. Like, it's you're gonna you're gonna be fucking up a lot because people are not gonna really tell you the truth they're not really gonna tell you honestly and then you're gonna be living super unconsciously so like part of the journey of consciousness part of the journey of healing is also now surrounding yourself by people who are also emotionally intelligent who are also awake and who are also aware and who can be like who know more than you, who can be like, Hey, that's not okay. People who have different identities than you, who can be like, Hey, like maybe, you know, that's not offensive to you, but like, there are like, you have to understand like how this actually sounds like on a grander scale, you know, um, instead of just surrounding yourself by, by like an echo chamber of people saying the same things who believe the same things, who look exactly the same as you, who have the same exact identity as you, like all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's really, it's really dangerous to do that, but it's also, you know, like a very like common 
thing that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think people understand the implication of that. Like when you're only surrounded by an echo chamber, it's like there's no growth there. And everything that you even create and produce from that place is linear and like one-sided. And like, that is not like you, you have to be looking at things really holistically and understand that like the environment and your physical and your mental and your spiritual and the, the ether and like the earthly, everything matters a lot, like a lot, a lot. That's why like representation is so important. And that's why like the way that people go to high school now was not the fucking way I went to high school. Like there was literally one gay kid in my high school. That's it. There was no representation for anything different than than stereotypical white blonde people. That was it. That was all I saw growing up. So it's so important, like you're saying, to like get out of that box because seeing other people's perspectives is how you be a more empathetic person. And like you're saying, it's how you, everybody wants to talk about how do we help humanity? How do we do this? You deal with your own shit. That's how you help. And by dealing with your own shit, you're looking at other people's perspective because other people's perspective and their way of being matters. Micah, that's what you're saying is actually how we found you because um, in the beginning of this year, Ambie and I were talking about our intentions for the podcast. You know, we've had this podcast for four years and something that we've really started noticing at the end of last year was like, you know, our podcast is starting to feel like an echo chamber. Like it's like we love all our guests and all of that, but it's people like us. It's people who look like us. They sound like us. They have the same life experience as us. Um, we have fun conversations and stuff, but like we're not diversifying enough. And so with that intention in mind, I put into our Facebook group and said like, hey, like who are some like diverse um, like speakers, teachers, like do, like tell us who, who you're paying attention to. And you are someone who was uh, put down in the second that we looked at you were like, yes, like this is this is different. Like this is something very something that we don't know a lot about and something you know a lot about and you're just everything about you just feels unique. And and so I think I just wanted to echo that as like exactly that be intention is how kind of you got here. Or we were connected with you um, because I think that it's really important what you're saying. And I think it's really important to be able to acknowledge that for yourself, to be able to acknowledge like, am I, am I following like, diverse people and like am I am I like on social media am I or am I just following a bunch of people who look and sound like me like when you're talking about the echo chamber I think you're right I think it's like very dangerous and I think this year especially is the time to intentionally diversify your community world environment that's a good point Alexa because right now in today's modern advances, there's no excuse for not diversifying your world, right? There's no excuse to not, we have TikTok, we have Instagram, we have all of these social platforms where you can literally follow other people's lives and see what it's like to be them. And so there's no real reason to not be in that echo chamber unless you just are comfortable there. And that's cool too. That's like a valid experience as well. But Micah, I love what you're saying and I just wanted to echo it. And I'm finished speaking. That's it. Yay. Oh, well, thank y'all for sharing that with me. Yeah. I um 
I've been really, uh, really blessed, I think, to just grow up. So, I mean, I grew up in LA. That's a very diverse area. So there's a lot of different races, ethnicities, religions, like a lot of different things. So I lived there till I was 10. Then I moved to Alaska, which is a very, very highly colonized area. Highly, highly colonized, very whitewashed. Um, I will say, you know, we did, you know, we would go to, you know, different Alaska native like museums and exhibits and and we would learn about it, but it's high, it's a highly colonized area. Um, there was not a lot of people of color there except for, it was like white folks mostly. And then, um, folks who were like Alaska native. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that, I think that, th- that kind of what y'all are, are like speaking about is kind of just like a facet of white supremacy that's like created this idea that it's okay for white folks to only hang out with other white folks um and and it's scary it's really scary and like you know it's also important to 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 diversify what you're consuming and who you're around without the intentions of like tokenizing right without the intentions of being like oh now i have this like person who lives in a black body that I can be friends with and say that I have like this black friend or like now I have this like queer friend that I can say is like oh I have like a trans friend like you know what I'm saying it's like once you start to remove your biases um that's when it like like being being somebody who has a very diverse friend group is a higher level of responsibility than it is to have a friend group of everybody that looks exactly like you because when you go out and about and you're going out if you are with folks who are people of color who are like who are queer and and maybe they're not cisgender or you know, whatever their marginalization is, you need to be aware of the experiences that they might have while you're out. You need to be aware of of what place you need to be in to be an advocate and a supporter for them. And you need to know where your place is. You need to know what is appropriate for you to speak about and what is important for you to hold a microphone for somebody else to speak about, right? And use your privilege for. Um, So, so yeah, that's a, that's a really like huge key piece and doing it from the place of, you know, cause you're saying like, there's really no excuse, right. For you not to do it. And that's very true. Um, but like doing it from the place of like genuinely, it's, it's like that attention behind it too. It's like genuinely wanting to mm-hmm. understand, genuinely wanting to be an ally or an accomplice, genuinely wanting to learn and know because to just be so honest, like that's actually the truth. Like that's what's real, like diversity and like other cultures that were here before America, like before the United States of America, like that is, that is like our history. You know what I'm saying? And like our history, like that is like the truth. Right. And so a lot of times, like, um, especially, you know, as we're moving into this, like social justice movement, you know, there is a lot of people who are now doing it because it's cool to have, uh, you know, to, to like do all that. And it's like, no, like what's your intention, dude? Like, what's your intention behind it? And I, I'm not fucking perfect. Like I'm not like, I know that. And I've had like my own, you know, I've, I've done ignorant shit in my lifetime. Like I live in like a white body, you know, I've had my own experiences Mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of things, you know, behind that. Um, but I've also, since I was like a young age, ha- was like really like exposed and, and shown this stuff because m- when I was like younger, um, 
my like like when I was like 12 my sister met her husband and he's black and they ended up having kids really young and so um he would share a lot of his experiences with me and share a lot of things with me um and this is not and and I, for a long time I held the idea of white exceptionalism which is like oh like there's black folks in my family I have a lot of friends of color mm-hmm. and a friend group I don't have to do my, like my anti-bias work because you know, that's the point, right. To just be friends with them. Right. That was like a belief I held for a really long time. And I had, I had to get my ass fucking called out and some be like, fuck you. You don't know shit. Like you like fucking take a step back and educate yourself, bitch. Like, and I'm so glad that somebody said that shit to me because otherwise I would have been walking around causing harm. And the thing is, is I thought I was being an ally. I thought I was like doing the right thing, but I wasn't, I was fucking ignorant as fuck. And so I think that that's really important to know too. Like it, it part of it too is like, you need people that are going to call you the fuck out and tell you like, you're being ignorant right now. Like you need to examine yourself. And if that person like, and, and also like people don't owe you that shit, like, especially yeah. like folks of color, like they don't owe you to call you out. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's emotional fucking labor, dude. Like, yeah. um, so yeah, yeah important conversation to have important things to talk about for sure. Um, okay. I want to, I, I feel like we got so off track. I really want to finish sharing like how I kind of, Oh yeah. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Go for it. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't really get off track. This is all very important stuff, but it's all a part of the throat um, liberation, all a part of the throat liberation. Yeah. I mean, even being able to like sit here, like a big part of throat liberation for me has been, been able to sit here and be like, yeah, I used to be fucking ignorant. Like, that's a big part of it because yeah. a lot of times, like when you, you know, you get called out and you're like, uh, 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 it's like, oh my God, like there's so much shame associated with that. The more shame you have though, the longer you make it about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> so that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Shame is <laughs> kind of blew like, my mind just oriented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Totally. It's like, oh my sure. God, I don't want people to know like, uh, okay, but that's fine. Like you don't want people to know, but it's the truth, right? Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. And it's hard to face the truth. And it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. And like, there are going to be people that don't like you because of your past, because of who yeah. you were, that's fine. Uh, not everybody's going to hate you because of who you were. And that's really important to know, like, you know, like, and go also, ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, we've been talking about this a lot recently. And also like the fact is everyone who lives in this society is racist. Every single person because we've grown up in a racist society like so the sooner we can all just acknowledge that like yeah there's parts of me that are racist like there's parts of me that I don't even know that are racist or biased or a bit like there's parts of me because of the colonization that I've grown up in the sooner we can move towards healing that but if we're just like no no not me not me not me then how Mm -hmm. could you know what I mean like yeah I think it, and I think it's very, I think it takes a lot of maturity to acknowledge that. Like it takes a lot of maturity to recognize like I am because I'm a product of this society and I didn't necessarily make myself this way, but it's my responsibility to take ownership for it now and move back in the right direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, also like, knowing your fucking place in the conversation. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm fucking white. I'm not here to teach about decolonization. I'm here to fucking listen. Right. Yeah. I'm here to listen. Right. Like I like, yeah. Like, and I'm here to elevate voices. I'm here to use my fucking privilege. Like yeah. I am not here to educate people on this. That is not my job. That is not my place because that's not my experience. 
You know, it's not like I like personally, me personally, like I've had a lot of experiences with like, um, people miss, miss, uh, assuming my ethnicity. And so like saying things to me that are like racist, uh, because they think I'm like Latina mm-hmm. and I have a lot of people that constantly ask me like what my ethnicity is. Right. But like, that's not, it's not because it like, it's not like a dangerous thing. Right. Like right. I'm so fucking privileged. So it's like, I don't, I don't have any fucking at all place to speak on any of that. My job is to listen because I need yeah. to know how to show up for people, you know, mm-hmm. and part of throat liberation is listening and knowing yeah. when to listen and knowing when to shut the fuck up knowing when it's not about you, your opinion is sometimes not, not needed on certain, on certain subjects, you know, sometimes it's not your place to speak on things and like learning to stay in your lane, um, is really hard because especially when you live in a white body and especially when you've been trained that you are the center and that your opinion matters most when you get confronted with these things, it's like, Oh my God, like here, let me continue to center myself. And it's like, no, shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, so so I'm 17, right? We're gonna flash back 17. <laughs> I'm 23 now, so this was like six years ago. You're only 23. <laughs> do the math. Yeah, do the math. She said she was in high school in 2015, right? Well, I don't mean yeah, that as like you seem old to me, but you no, seem no, very no. mature. Like I would not think you are 23. Like this generation is like far woo! beyond us. I just want to throw okay. that out there. Go ahead. Not that we're like so old, but I digress. Keep going. Go ahead. <laughs> I get that a lot. I get they're like, you're what? You're, I started my coaching business when I was 21 too. Like Damn. <laughs> that's insane. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck. I didn't have enough shit together to do. Like, I barely held down a job. Like, a job. Just a regular fucking job. Like, not even that. But, like, I didn't even have, at 21, the wherewithal to understand, like, my own emotional shit. Not only to coach other people on their emotional bullshit. Like, kudos to you. Good job. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, here. Okay, here. Y'all are about to see how this happened, okay? So... (laughs) I'm 17, right? I go and live with my dad in LA. I'm like, he doesn't take care of me. He's just like chilling, you know? He's like, here, go to the grocery store type shit, you know? Like, here's some money. Um, Let me just, let me just, like, now that I think about it, I'm like, this was so irresponsible. Letting me as like a 17 year old who like fits like European beauty standards walk around fucking LA by myself. No. Okay. No, I was 17. I wasn't supposed to be out of high school yet. Like what the fuck? No, you should know. And like, I almost got kidnapped. Like it was rough. Okay. There was like crazy stuff that was happening. So then my dad, he's just like, he is just an unhealthy person, like unhealed. So he did a lot of things that were just like, not cool. I just always say like, we're not really friends, you know, like, that's just like how I kind of put it. So I'm like, I don't need to be like, he's terrible, but like, we're not friends he's not awake. It's fine. Not my problem. Um, and I end up moving back to Alaska, uh, trigger warning. There is some sexual assault in these stories. So I want to put that trigger warning for anybody listening. If that's going to be like triggering, like, you know, do whatever you need to do to calm your nervous system, take a break, step out, whatever you need to do. Um, so I moved back to Alaska a month later, I actually end up getting raped for the, for the first time. And I, um, 
I was actually a virgin at that point. So it was like a really traumatic experience. It was really fucked up. And this was a month before I was supposed to leave for college. So I had decided that I wanted to go to college in, of all places, Utah. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why, but I was just like, I want to get away from my family. (laughs) I don't want to live near any of these people because I just want to be myself. So a month later, I leave Alaska, I moved to Utah, and that is where I was kind of introduced to like freedom and like adulthood. And because I had grown up in an incredibly oppressive and suppressive and conservative environment where like literally it was like the the ideals that like women were meant to like have babies and like cook and clean their whole lives, I was a little fucking... Yes, exactly. Literally be property, like a thousand percent. Uh, I went a little wild and I started drinking a lot and I started partying a lot and doing a lot of crazy shit. I never went to my classes. There was like a solid six months where I had like a dollar in my bank account, like literally like not even having a job, like not doing shit. And, um, and then I like go and I'm like, okay, I really need to get a job. So I like go and I get this job and I start working at this like smoothie shop. Okay. Uh, this is also when I was like introduced to like smoking weed. And to this point I had been on a fuck ton of medications because I was misdiagnosed with epilepsy when I was 12, when I actually had PTSD and was having pseudo seizures because of my PTSD I did not have epilepsy. So I was on neurological medication for like six years that I didn't actually need. Um, and then I was also on stuff for like my stomach because my stomach was fucked, which was from PTSD. Yeah. Um, and I had untreated ADHD. So I had really, really like I had a really intense like learning disability. Um, and I like would just sit in my classes all fucking day long and just talk the whole time. Cause I couldn't focus. Cause it was so boring and I couldn't focus. And it was just like, my brain's always everywhere. Right. So I'm on all these medications I don't need. I'm not being treated for things that I actually did have. So when I like go and I get this job and then I start smoking weed, I'm like, wait, hold on. I don't need any of these medications. So I stopped taking all of them cold Turkey. Don't recommend it, but I did. And, um, then I kind of started to get into like some shit. So this is where things start to go downhill a little bit. So I was then kind of like started to like move into like selling weed, which was highly illegal in Utah at the time. So sorry. It's not funny. Keep going. It's just the way that your facial expression (laughs) is right now. It's it's that's what's funny. The story is not continue on. I'm sorry. It is kind of funny to talk about now. So don't even worry. I laugh about everything. That's like okay. my way of living. <laughs> okay. Because so the way that your your face is expressing like does not match up with what you're saying. And I'm like, this is funny. Okay. I mean, selling on. weed could be funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm selling weed. Yeah. Yeah. So selling, so I started selling weed, right? And I like got really into it and we kind of like, me and a couple other people in this like town in Utah, I'm not going to say where, kind of started running a drum ring. And so it got really it's big. a little bit. It was a thing. <laughs> it's fine. And it got really big. And I do want to say like, it, it was got really big. like, Shit. yeah, I got Go really big. It was a little rough. Uh, it was fully my choice. 
And that is a privilege for me to be able to choose that. I, for It's a privilege for me to look like me and still be walking around right now um, after this whole situation because there was other folks that I was doing this with that do not look like me that did end up getting in trouble. Um, and I... I kind of attribute me not getting in trouble to like my guardian angels being like, bitch, we know what you're about to do with your life. And like, you need to be protected. Um, but they held me pretty close to the fire. Um, so there was like a situation where, you know, my, the, the people that I was doing this with got robbed and like, they got the sh like shit beat out of them with like a baseball bat, like oh broke their whole mm -hmm. face. Um, there was a lot of situations that were really dangerous that, um, you know, there was a lot of like, also like the cops coming and, and like having to lie and having to like manipulate my way out of things. And, and there was just a lot of situations that was happening that was just like really intense. And then everybody started getting arrested. So a bunch of people got arrested and like, I was just like the only one that was just like chilling. And I was like, this is like a problem. So then I end up uh, because I'm a fucking hustler. I'm like, well, I don't want to do this anymore, but I want to do something else. So then I ended up being a sugar baby. And at this time I was not conscious, not aware of what sex work was. Like I had no idea. And I put myself in even more dangerous situations, meeting these like men on the internet and like having sex with them for money. Um, which by the way, full service sex workers fully support y'all. That is a hustle and I'm like here for it, but it wasn't my thing. And like, I was not being safe, smart, responsible about it. Like I was like 19. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. And, um, I had all this trauma too, from like, just getting out of this whole like drug situation. Then I like go and I'm like being a sugar baby. And then I like, I'm like, okay, I gotta get the fuck out of here. So then I moved to a different city in Utah. And then I get up there a week later, one of my dear, dear, dear friends overdoses and dies. And I'm like in the hospital with this man while he dies. Okay. So, and it's like me and his whole family and everybody's like freaking out. And I'm just like, I don't even know what to do. Right. Then a month later, <laughs> I break up with my boyfriend because this man cheats on me. We've been dating for like a year and a half. So I break up with him, right? So all this stuff happens. And this is like, I'm like 20 at this point. And I'm like, what the fuck? And at this time, I was going to college for criminal justice because I wanted to be a sex crimes detective because I had now experienced multiple like rapes and sexual assaults. And I was like, okay, I like want to do that. I want to help people like, let's do this. So I go, so I'm going to school for criminal justice while also smoking weed and doing many illegal things. And I am like learning about the criminal justice system. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, mm -hmm. so then I start to learn about like our criminal justice system. If y'all want to read a really good book on that, the new Jim Crow is amazing. Um, and that'll tell you all about like the prison industrial complex, the school, the prison pipeline, the fucking truth, the teeth, 13th amendment, like very important stuff for y'all to know if you live in the United States and also just anybody in general, because this is vital information and it saves lives. Um, so I started learning about all that and I'm like, okay, there's no fucking way that like, now that I know what I know, I can like participate in this system. And everybody's like, don't you want to be the one to fix it? I'm like, I'm not going to be the one to fix it. Like I can't go in there and fix it. If I'm going to fix it, I need to get the fuck out of here and kind of like separate myself and figure out like how I can be a part of this. But like me going in there and being a part of it isn't going to fix it. Like, I'm sorry, but I just, I'm not buying that. So 
Um, then I end up moving to, uh, I like, I, I, Oh, actually just kidding. (laughs) More stuff happened. So I'm like in college and then I meet this dude and he's like, cool, whatever. We end up dating for like two months and he breaks my heart. And I'm like fucked at this point. Right. Because I had like my friends die. I had all this like crazy shit happen. I had like my boyfriend cheat on me. And then I date this other dude and he like was cheating on me the whole time we were dating and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm like, bro, I don't know what to do. So I get so depressed and I'm like suicidal, like depressed, like really bad, like really bad. Like I thought that I, it was a little touch and go there. And, um, I'm on the phone with my sister and she's like, She's like, I'm telling her everything that's happening. And she's like, you're not going to want to hear this, but you're manifesting everything. And I was Mm. like, (laughs) what the fuck does that mean? Like, I did not know what manifestation was. I didn't know about any of that shit. Like, I was like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, big fuck you, you know? Like, Mm. I'd already kind of started waking up at this point. I think I attribute, like, the beginning of my spiritual awakening to when I started smoking weed at 18 because I was like, then I kind of started like, whoa. And then when I, like, learned that, like, I wasn't actually sick, and then I was like, oh, Western medicine's fucked. And then I had kind of started learning about like other things. But like when she told me that, I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like, fuck you, whatever. And now, okay, now I will say that's a very invalidating thing to say to somebody. And that's very gaslighty to say to somebody. But I am glad that she said it to me because it did plant a seed in my awareness. I would never say that to somebody now if they were telling me that they were going through that because that's not helpful. Like, yeah. so, like something might be like objectively true, but it's not, it, sometimes it's harmful to, to say that at certain points in, in people's experience. Right. Like if somebody's like really struggling, like, like that's like a conversation for another day. Like that's like a, yeah. I'm here to support you right now. Yeah. And if you want to talk about how you might be contributing to the situation, I'm down to like connect you with some books and some resources to like help you with that. That is different than being like, you're manifesting all of this. Right. So, yeah. so I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you mean, but she like suggested I go find an energy healer. So I go to this like energy, energy healer lady's house. And I walk in there and she's like, you have 27 angels and ancestors with you today. And I'm like, how long do you see wow. them? Like, yeah. I was like, how do you see them? Like, <laughs> how do you know? What are their names? Like what? You know? And, um, she tells me about the chakras. She talks, she tells me about meditation. She teaches me how to use a pendulum. She teaches me about muscle testing. And it was like this moment of like, Oh my God, everything makes sense. (laughs) And so I just start learning and learning and learning and learning. I decide I want to move to Oregon to work in the cannabis industry and like a legal industry because I love the cannabis industry, but I was just like, I don't like this feeling. It's so scary. It's so scary to, to do illegal shit like to like shit like that that's like an ongoing thing you get i definitely feel like i have like some serious trauma from it for a long time because you're like always on guard like you're Mm -hmm. always ready for like somebody to kick in the door you know like you're always ready for some shit to go down and that's really hard on your nervous system um really really hard so um so yeah so i moved to oregon and i'm go and i get hit with these ascension symptoms so hard i could not work at a regular job for like three months like i couldn't work at a nine-to-five job for like three months because i was so fucking like like i had migraines i was so dizzy i could barely talk like i did not understand what was happening to me and so of course i started my first business because why would you not start your first business in the midst of all that okay? yeah so i'm like barely like fresh, fresh ass 21 years old. And I start a network marketing company 
And I joined Wait, for like a month. Started a network marketing company, or, or you, you were part one. of? Did you join one? Okay, because I was like, hold I was up. like, that's a big ordeal. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 Whew, not that great. Uh, not that cool. Um, but no, I start working with this network marketing company. I don't even. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what it is or not. Like, I don't know the fucking. I don't they know. Probably what don't Yeah, they probably don't listen. It was HempWorks. Um, I was so it, it was weird. Uh, it was a weird situation and I worked with them for like a month and then I quit because I like didn't have like mindset support or anything. So I didn't know what was normal to experience while you were running a business. I didn't know any of that shit at all. So I quit and I go and I work at this fucking like tea bar and at the tea bar, the owner is from uh, China and she starts talking to me about like She's like, you're a light worker. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And uh, she's, she, you know, she starts telling me about all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is making a lot of sense. So I'm still like really deep in my spiritual awakening. And then I read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I'm sure y'all yeah. have both read. Yeah. And in there, Robert Kiyosaki talks about like being an entrepreneur and how important it is if you want to build wealth. And I'm like, all right, well, I got to go be an entrepreneur again. So I, uh, got a job at a dispensary because I really wanted to learn the cannabis industry because I wanted to open a cannabis business, which I still do. I have a super dope vision for, for the future. I want to open like a cannabis, like strip club. So it's like a cannabis lounge, but also like a strip club, but like, that's fine. I think that sounds like it would do really well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be like a vibe during the day. It'll be like a coffee shop too. So you can like come drink some coffee, get day stone, have some ass on your face. Total Amsterdam vibes. Yes, exactly. So, so I I wanted to learn that. So then I go back and do this like network marketing company again. Um, but this time I hire a mindset coach because I'm like, ah, I know now not to try to like fucking raw dog this shit and do it alone. So I, I hire my coach. She's amazing. Um, but very quickly I got super bored of selling somebody else's products. Like yeah. super bored. Like I was like, this sucks ass. I hate this. Mm-hmm. Also not to knock MLMs. Like I will never knock somebody's hustle. What works for you works for you. That's yeah. your thing. That's not my thing. Um, so I got super bored of it and I really wanted to learn Reiki. So I learned Reiki. I started practicing and then I started doing like Reiki sessions instead of doing this like network marketing company. And I was just like teaching, I became a Reiki master and I was like just teaching Reiki and like doing Reiki sessions. But then I got bored again. Cause I was like, this sucks. Like I can't talk to anybody. I'm just sitting here and like, yeah, I'm like channeling energy and like having these like crazy experiences. But like, this sucks. Like I get bored very easily. My Venus is in Gemini. So like I need stimulation. Like I need shit to be crazy <laughs> and like yeah. chaotic in order for me to like feel like a normal person. Like so I like, um, I'm like, I don't know, like talking to my mindset coach. I'm like, this sucks. I'm bored again. She's like, well, what if you want to be a coach? Like, what if you want to just combine? Cause I was like, I, I like liked like the hustle of like helping people with their business and like mindset and like pushing people and motivating people and all that stuff. But I also like the healing aspect. And she's like, well, maybe you want to be a coach. So I take a spirituality coaching certification. I take a spiritual life coaching certification. I open the business that I have now, which is Micah Matthew LLC. But then <laughs> Then I decide that I hate living in Eugene, which fair. And I decide mm-hmm. to move to Seattle and go live with my sister. Then my sister kicks me out. <laughs> so I'm homeless, living in somebody else's car, oh still running this business. 
still running this business. My friend calls me like two weeks later and he's like, bitch, you're not built to live in a van. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Come back to Eugene. So I come back to Eugene. I live with him for two weeks. I move into this apartment I live in now. And I'm just kind of like trucking along, like trying to find my groove in my business. And then like three months into, uh, into 2021 now, uh, I get pregnant, get fucking pregnant because I was being irresponsible and a lot of crazy shit was happening. And at this time also I was living with three men. So three straight men. Okay. So it was really, uh, a fucking wake up call. So, and I was like pretty much only around men at that point. I worked at a dispensary that was like only straight men, um, cis men, like, and I was like dying. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's happening, but I'm only around men and I hate this shit. And I was like, so out of alignment in my business. So then I find out that I'm pregnant. Then I get COVID. God. (laughs) Pregnant. So I'm like, bro, I don't even know what to do. So I just like take a step back. Like I had a VA at that time. I ended up having to fire her too because like a whole situation happened with her. And I just was like, bro, I don't know. I'm going to take a step back, move myself. Um, I go through the whole process and like during the summer and like at this time, I'm also like working with clients. So like I actively had multiple clients that I was working with during all of this shit that's going down. I had the fucking deprogramming project podcast season one that I'm doing. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm fucking 22. Like I was like, bro, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. So, you know, turn 23 during the summer. And then I, in August, I get the itchies to like leave my job again. So I leave my job again in, in August of last year. And I'm still, I'm still out here not having a a nine to five, which is a huge blessing and privilege. Um, and my ancestors are like, you need to make a, uh, a money healing course. And I'm like, no, I said, no, I, I was like, I'm not doing that. I do not make that much money, like in my mind, right? I'm like, I don't make that much fucking money. Like, I don't feel qualified to do that at all. And they're like, too bad. We need you to do it. And I was like, uh, okay. And like all the content that I had ever created that was talking about money got the most interactions and it was like all this stuff. And, and I'm like, hey, it like sounds good. So I ended up creating this course called Rich Bitch Embodied, which is a money healing course based on the chakra system. So something that people don't realize is like they work really hard on their root chakra when they're doing their money healing, but money affects every single one of the chakras on your body, the ones that are not on your body, right? Because you have stuff in your past life and there, there's all kinds of things relating to money. So I go through this money healing course. And I thought, right, the point was to help people make more money and, and whatever, unlock their abundance. But then people started getting these like crazy fucking results, like crazy results, like changing their entire fucking lives type shit. And like, I was like, oh, oh, so this actually has nothing to, it's not the money that's, that's like the thing. The thing is that I have this like gift of being able to like unlock shit for people Mm. and like really help them like do what they want to do. Because even in, you know, like even in the coaching industry and in the healing industry, a lot of times what people actually want to be doing is not embraced, right? It's like make this program, launch it in this one specific way that we know kind of like works, right? Once you know how to launch, you know how to launch, right? Like once you know how to launch a fucking product, you know how to launch a product. Like you don't have to take 15 million 
business coaching programs to know how to, to, to do that shit and how to sell and how to market. Right. Like there's like, and so I'm like, wait, hold on. Like people started, like I had a girl, she, uh, she works, she does like a network marketing company, but she starts like doing vegan cooking classes and that shit like blows up and she makes like a fuck ton of money from it. And I'm like, okay, like go off. I had another girl who like, uh, you know, was working at this like job that she fucking hated. She ends up like quitting that job, getting full time at this other job that she wants, needing somebody to like design her website. Like all this like stuff is coming to her, like walking in places and like fucking finding clients for reading tarot, like all this stuff. And like, I had one, uh, one girl that was in there. She's like a server and she just like randomly starts making like $500 in tips a night like as a server, Damn, like, awesome. yeah, like it was just like fucking crazy. People are just having like money, just like randomly showing up in their bank accounts. But like, that wasn't what they were psyched about. Like they were like, yeah, like this money is like cool. But like Micah, like I literally like spoke my fucking truth. Like I'm like dead ass, like being myself, like I'm mm-hmm. doing what I want to do. Like I'm not stuck in these like shame spirals anymore. Like I feel motivated to actually like go after my dreams and like figure shit out. And like, I feel so much fucking better and so much more activated and so much more alive. And that's when I realized I was like, Oh my God, this is not about, I was like, wow, this is about so much more. And so, um, I am now like at, at the point where I'm like, okay, like, what is it that like, I can really help people with. Right. Because I've had like all these gifts unlocked. I've helped all these people do all these different things. Like I've worked with probably over, like, I would say at this point, like counting like tarot readings, Reiki sessions, coaching clients, like everything, like workshops, everything I've hosted over 80 people, like 70, 80 people for sure. And the thing is I've helped them all do drastically different things. It's not like one person's done one thing. I've helped them to drastically different things. And what I realized this common denominator was this fucking throat liberation. It was Mm. like being able to like speak your fucking truth to unlock this because when your throat is clogged, when your throat is blocked, it pushes all your energy into your head. So you get super in your head and you overthink everything. You get disconnected from your body, from your intuition. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you can really just like let this like open up and just, and, and it's not even like a, um, it's not even like a super intense, like, Ooh, you have to go through all these things to do it. It's like dead ass. Just, okay. Let me push through these discomfort, discomfortable feelings right now and actually mm-hmm. say the fucking shit that is being channeled to me that people need to hear. Right. Let me just actually do what I want to do instead of overthinking it. Let me actually just communicate this situation because me just communicating and having this conversation right now is going to cause way less suffering for me, even if it's uncomfortable. Like, even I will still like avoid conversations like the plague sometimes. Like, Mm -hmm. I, there are certain things that I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then I get it over with and I'm like, okay, that was literally like so much less bad than me being like worried about it the whole fucking time. Right. But I realized that it was really just like this common denominator of everybody just like snapping because mm-hmm. they were like, oh shit, this is my fucking life. I get it now. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at now. That's amazing. Truly, truly amazing. This is a, like a, this is a, an incredible story. And I think very inspiring for people who, you know, like, cause what you illustrated, I think so beautifully is that like, 
our paths are not linear. Like they go up, they go down, they go around. We're lost, we're found, we're, you know? And I think it's just about being on that journey. And I think your story is such a beautiful example of that. And Micah, we have to wrap up in about five minutes. So want to, you know, want to just let you take these next few minutes to tell people like, how can they work with you more? I know you have a book that's coming out. Like tell them all of that. How can they connect? How can they get the book? All that. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Oh God, this has been so fun. Um, so I currently right now, I'm actually like not, I'm, I'm really, really focusing on my book as opposed to like focusing on services. Um, because I was having this really intense realization that like me, while my services were helping people was really limiting my impact a lot because it was like, yeah, I can work with nine, 10 people at a time, but like I, I, the amount of like energy and fire that I'm generating and holding is like, it's not being properly used. So right now what I'm really focusing on promoting is my book, which is the book that I started writing back when I got my heart broken, right. At the beginning, at the beginning of that whole crazy story that I just told y'all when I got my heart broken, that's when I kind of tapped into my creative abilities and started writing poetry. So this book, it's called the shell of my rib cage. And it follows me through this like three year process of getting my heart broken and then kind of healing and then going through my spiritual awakening and then going through the grief again of like getting an abortion and then going through this like moment of like empowerment and just like snapping and just like claiming my fucking identity and just like calling back my fucking soul and my, and my reclamation. And for me, like this book is like my throat liberation and it's like an embodiment of of my work and what I teach. And so it's like poetry and like some prose and, um, just some like channeled messages and, and different mm-hmm. things in there. And it's really meant to just help people understand, like to be that mirror of the fact that like life is, is so not linear. And like, you don't have to do one thing. Like, yes, I am certified in all these coaching things and all these energy healing things, but right now that doesn't feel good for me right now. What feels good for me is sharing my poetry, promoting my podcast, doing a bunch of collaborations and being a fucking stripper, because that's what I've always wanted to do. And in doing that, that's how I help people the best right now, because I'm embodied in fucking what the fuck I want to be doing and helping people in the way that I want to help them. Um, so so yeah, that's what, that's what I'm promoting right now. Um, it's going to be available for pre-sale super, super soon. So I'm sure that y'all will like link my Instagram or whatever for people mm-hmm. to connect if they, okay, perfect. Your Instagram cool. will yeah, be in the show notes to. of this, uh, of this episode. So everyone, if you want to connect, but just, just shout it out right now. What's your Instagram handle for those that are. It's just, it's just at Micah Maffey, mm-hmm. at Micah Maffey. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah, so we'll put all of Micah's info in the show notes if you guys didn't get that. Um, and make sure you go follow her. Make sure you um, sign up for the book if that's something you're interested in. And also check out her podcast, which is obviously, you know, something that's uh, probably so fascinating to listen to. And we're definitely going to check it out. Um, Micah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being so authentic and vulnerable and just yes. like all the energy you brought because our audience has loved it. Some he said, Liz Magnolia said, I love her. Can we keep her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have such I'm good energy and like you're just so upbeat and it, it's great. It's like a breath of fresh air. It's really great. 
Yeah. Mm, blessings. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, uh, it's a lot of shadow integration. It's a lot of doing the inner healing work, to be honest. Like, and, uh, it's, it's really a, a really big compliment to, to receive that. Cause I really, for a very long time was just very mean, a very mean person, which I'm sure is so fucking hard to believe when I tell people that they're like, what? Yeah. But I used to just be so mean because I didn't know how to deal with my shit. And so the fact that I have the capacity to be compassionate and the capacity to be happy and joyful and provide um, an uplifting experience is it's a really huge, beautiful thing. So thank you so much for reflecting that. Hmm. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you everyone on Facebook for watching, interacting. Thank you everyone who's listening, for subscribing and listening. Um, Make sure you share this with someone who you think would enjoy it or need to hear it. And we love you all. Until next time. Keep on blooming. Bye, everyone. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast.